1: Hello listeners and welcome back to this World Game Changes podcast episode where I'm absolutely delighted to say uh well this is a unique one, but I'll come to that in a moment. So first, and but I'm absolutely delighted to welcome back to people that I regard as not consummate professionals, not only consummate professionals, but good, good close friends as well. Corey Lopez Warfield and Mark Spanky Reed both from the United States of America. Gentlemen, a very warm welcome to you.
2: Thank you much. Uh, thank you. Appreciate you. Honored to be here.
1: And when I said, listeners, this was a first, this is actually part of our World Game Changers, what we call our companions meeting. So people can jump in and listen. And we discuss about, you know, pertinent things that's going off in the world. Because, you know, the clues in the title, World game changers and that's certainly what we're aspiring to do and you know hopefully that that intention is underpinned by this title that mark and cory are gonna they're gonna throw the ball around on this and i think you're going to be very very pleasantly surprised at what year and the title is this banking as we know it is dying Mark, you and I spoke about this title, didn't we? Banking as we know it is dying. On the surface of it, quite a controversial title. Do you want to lead us in as to why we decided on that controversial title?
2: Yeah, I can hit a little a couple points on this. You know, I mean, if you go back on the title, you go back in history. There's really one industry that's kind of uh, gone through the tests of time and the ups and downs of economies and markets. Um, And that's insurance. And ironically, if you look at the markets after the the one episode here in the United States, uh, the banks had a lot of their money in these variable accounts. Um, And they transitioned. If you look, they're one of some of the largest owners of life insurance right now. And so but they transitioned into life insurance That was 01. If you go look at the markets and the way the markets were responding in the losses after 01, um, and you look at, there's a, a link that I can send you, but you look at the amount of money that these banks were starting to pour into insurance, they were trying to find a way into this new era. And we just happen to be in an era now where there's a lot of digital assets, a lot of digital type of currencies, right? Alternatives. People are wanting to get out of the the sort of banking type system Um, but there's a few different companies out there that are hedging how to give back to the little people to us to me and you Um, they've created a platform and an environment and an ecosystem that is going to allow people to extend their buying power it's going to take their normal buying power their normal bills, going out and purchasing groceries, paying for rent, paying for a mortgage. And if that dollar amount is 3000 a month, they're going to have equivalent of that in this new ecosystem. And that ecosystem will have anything and everything under the sun in regards to uh, merchandise, products. There will be consumables on there as well. And it might not be one for one all the time to be able to get those items, but you might get 20% off, 40% off, 60% off of what will be those credits in that ecosystem. So it's really helping out the little people. And, um, you know, I got drawn to it and it seems to be catching some momentum and it's just a phenomenal, phenomenal way. And I'll, I'll get a little vulnerable here. I spent some time in Las Vegas here in November with a lot of the leadership. Um, it was the the kickoff event, so to speak, for this company. But I really wanted to see how my spirit responded to the things that they were saying, um, being around and in that environment with those people. And I wanted to see if it was more a me type environment or if it was a community world us type environment. And the, the words that were being used Um, The things that a lot of the leadership were saying up on stage and off stage, it was more so, how can we be one as a world? How can we extend the assets and resources that we have together to help maybe some people that don't necessarily have access to to resources and funds and that kind of thing? And so.
1: So, Sorry to interrupt, Mark. Sorry, I want to come in because you've just I think you've just really reached um, an apex point there. How can collectively we come together as one in a financial sense, in a banking sense and serve? And I think it's not too controversial to bring in that word again to suggest that the present system not really geared towards that. Corey, can I bring you in at that stage So, you know, Mark's kind of laid a solid foundation there. Any thoughts around what's been said thus far?
3: I mean I've been a blockchain and web3 guy for years and we talk about decentralization and real technology underpins things like a bitcoin and, and things like that now so you're already seeing a shift from banking you're already seeing huge you know billion dollar banks completely failing and and going out of business you're seeing some of these you know hedge funds hugely shorting industries and companies that have really outperformed any expectation. And so with all this volatility, people are leaving the banks and the current administration just substantially limited overdraft fees, which, you know, some people might think is predatory, some people might think is good business, but um, that's been a huge stream of revenue in addition to, you know, interest and and investments from the banks historically. And people don't want their monies to be gambled anymore. And people don't want to see their monies disappearing because of someone else's mistakes. And, you know, again, the technology exists there. So I think you naturally are seeing a mass exodus from the banking system, from, you know, people wanting to be more in control of their own, Lives and assets and, and data and, you know, value, big shift even in the personal data space where people are saying, okay, we've all made millions of dollars for, for the the Googles and the, you know, metas out there. We just haven't seen any of those millions of dollars that we've generated. And, and again, technology is starting to come around like what we're talking about today uh, that can help with that. But I've also been in the universal basic income space for some time, and we talk about the circular economy. And I think it's an interesting concept that kind of highlights uh, or, or you know, underscores what, what Mark's talking about, um, which is the concept of a $10 bill, let's call it, is worth $10 worth of debt. So it starts off, it's not even worth anything. But when someone gets it, they now have something that they can trade for something worth ten dollars of value or they can choose to fold it put it in their pocket put it under their mattress put it in, in a bank where it will still be worth ten dollars and it will still be worth you know that form you know of of amount in a year in 10 years and in, in 30 years maybe ten dollars is worth a bit more or less or has a bit more buying power but it's still worth ten dollars this one piece of paper right this this note of debt but if the person that gets it rather than puts it in their pocket, puts it on their mattress or puts it in their bank, spends it on something, well, now the next person that has that $10 can choose to make the same choice, but $10 of value has been created. And if that second person spends it on something that can either help them make money or enjoy their life that they believe to be worth $10 and the next person spends it and the next person spends it, once it's touched 10 hands, that $10 bill is worth 100 bucks right? Quite literally, and and maybe within hours or days, that $10 bill is worth $100. Now extrapolate that over, you know, many weeks and months and years. And that one piece of paper that was worth $10 of debt could have been spent on hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars of stuff that people all wanted. So long as it wasn't folded in half, put in a pocket, put under a mattress or put in a bank. And so what what spanky's talking about is is an actual ecosystem and technology tied to a marketplace and community where people can keep as much of their money in this ecosystem as possible uh to get anything that they would have needed you know more money for in another scenario and it's spanky i don't know if i if i if i completely you know botched that or set you up but but i'd love to see where we can go from there in in light of what we're talking about today
1: so before you come back in, Mark, can I just say, put this this question to both of you, really, or set this scene, shall I say, that when you look at, you know, we know that everything is energy. Now, I'm going to kind of single out, and I'm not obviously qualified to speak about stateside finances, but a few years ago, the, basically the banks made a right botch in the UK, and I'm being polite here, the British taxpayer had to bail out the banks. Now, that was bad enough. But then to pay the men, and I will say the men at the top of the tree, five million pound bonuses for basically bankrupting the system that the government then had to subsidize, as I say, the taxpayers, that has left a really, even, you know, we're probably talking best part of 10, 12 years on, that has left a really bad taste in terms of energy and how the banking system is seen. So my question, gentlemen, or to set the scene and please, you know, spend as much or as little time on this as you deem appropriate. Because at the end of the day, Mark, you know, you're the one, the, the, the expert that's talking about, you know, the way that the banking system is changing. But my question is this. I think it's fair if we can make an assumption, we you know assumptions can be dangerous, that this, there's, there's a paradigm shift generally throughout the world. The energy is changing throughout the world. And I just wonder to what degree that is influencing one pertinent thing called finance. Because as we know, money is energy. And I just wonder what that kind of bigger picture of the way the world's changing. People are looking for change. They're sick and tired of the old God, the old way of doing things. They're looking for something new. People are waking up. So I just set that scene, gentlemen, for what it's worth. Play with it or do nothing with it. Mark, if you could start on that, that'd be great.
2: Yeah, I think for a lot of us, I mean, we just we simply need to get a very small education on world events and, you know, maybe what's happening, you know, here in the United States or whatever country that you're in. But there is a shift that's happening. Um, there's what's called the BRICS nation. Corey, I don't know if maybe you can expand on this a little bit, no, a little bit more, um, but it's uh, Brazil, Russia, um, I believe Iran, China. No, No, in in India. So, yeah, Brazil, Russia, India, China,
3: and South Africa. And now you're looking at countries like uh, Hungary, Turkey are trying to get involved. A lot of the, the Emirates now. So Abu Dhabi, you know, a lot of that area. You're seeing more African nations, I believe Tanzania, some of the EU as well. But right now, yeah, it's Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa and they've created their own currency to go toe-to-toe with the U.S. dollar. And, you know, you're now starting to see the U.S. dollar uh, in certain official markets tying itself to BTC, the Bitcoin. But um, Bitcoin has also presented and Ethereum as potential challengers to the U.S. dollar. And then you see cryptos that are, you know, making sure that they're backed by by gold and and other cryptos that are backed by data. and. So you see all of these different markets, and ultimately, I think the winners are going to be agnostic in any regard. If your if your ecosystem doesn't take a, a Chinese yen or an American dollar or a Brazilian iash or a Japan, you know, it, if that's not you know the case, if if I can't pay with my Bitcoin or my bank card from wherever in the world, that's not going to be the winning ecosystem. So I think. You know, less important than bricks potentially, you know, arising as a new currency or Cardano being, uh, you know, adopted their ADA in in certain governments and stuff like that. What what I look at more is how is the wealth generated right? and how is it getting to people? And if it's getting to them as a brick or as a U.S. dollar, as long as they can spend it, or you know, a gold coin or a or a digital gold coin that says BTC, but what what I'm really looking at right now is AI and robots are able to do most jobs that humans can do and, and generate all of the monies that that used to take human capital to generate, right? We're talking about many billions of dollars, we're talking about, you know, tens of and hundreds of billions of dollars of money that can just be created by robots and AI. Now do the people that can afford those AI and robots just make all the money or does it get distributed to all of humanity? Because the numbers on that alone start to equate to a livable amount of money for everyone on earth. Now we look at things like we just successfully, we as humanity mined the first asteroid, right? But now we're starting to have reusable rockets and rockets that are much cheaper to launch and uh, humanoid robots that are able to do things uh, that would have been really dangerous for people, like mining asteroids. Well, NASA's placed a dollar amount in U.S. dollars on the asteroid belt that we, we can get to, um, with our current technology, as enough for every human being to get ten billion dollars. Right now, of course, a lot of this is you know platinum and and, and different precious metals and and you know even silicone and, and things of this nature. But there's now, you know, we we hear people for, for years and generations talking about the abundance mindset and, and all of these things, but we're entering an era where technology can generate as much money as anybody needs, as long as it's distributed. And the banks never wanted to distribute that, right? That, that's antithesis to their business model. However, every other alternative is popping up, you know, whether it's this environment that, that I'd love for, for Spanky to get into a bit more that he's talking about or whether it's you know a digital wallet that you know your, your money's just safe and private and no one knows you know what you've got or what you're doing with it. I think there's there's a lot of people that are looking for for less transparency into their finances and less less volatility. So yeah, I think we're seeing every alternative starting to pop up from alternatives to money. Two ways to keep more of your money, or is we're about to talk about ways to, to spend less and get more.
1: Um, I want to throw in a cliche, if I may. Corey, you, you and I have spoken about this so many times. You coined it brilliantly. But and I just wonder if this phrase really reflects, I'm gonna say, the old system, and it's this money is the root of all evil. I'm being avant-proc bon provocateur there. Deliberately, i will invite but, you in, on Corey, because I know you've got some inverted uh, commas strong views on this.
3: <laughs> well, I think Mar- Mark and I are both men that do try to live our lives according to the Scripture, and that this is this is written in black and white in, in the Holy Bible. In First Timothy six and ten, it says, "Beware, the love of money is the root of all evil." And so, when people leave that word "love" out, that's the big problem. There is a lot of reasons to believe most holy people, including likely the, the Messiah in that New Testament itself uh, that the, the first book of Timothy is in, were probably very wealthy, right? So um, there's never been anything that that's made any sense from a societal standpoint, unless it's, you know, the Buddhist mentality of leave everything to gain everything or don't need anything. So you don't need anything, but for the most part, money's very good, right? Money can help, us do a lot of good and provide for ourselves and our family and enjoy the world and make it better and strengthen communities and you know innovate in the ways and that we, which we have and i think you know you can look at the original languages that the books were written in and, and have been interpreted but it's really the problem isn't money at all in that in that scripture that the problem is loving anything other than god And Jesus said, I give you a new commandment, love one another, even as I have loved you. And so it's, you know, it's as godly to love a human, especially one that you don't look like or agree with necessarily. I mean, this is the agape love that is preached in those books, but loving anything like money, right, that can be problematic because it's taking your focus and and your energy and having you spend your other currencies, you know, in, in ways that are not going to elevate the the vibration of of humanity in the way that was taught in those words but you know when we love each other when we love god and and then we do what it takes to make a lot of money so that we can you know deploy it and, and use it to make the world a better place i i would have a hard time accepting that premise
1: okay so we've got guest listeners listening to this um you know this fascinating conversation Corey and mark mark i want you to come back in on that in a moment if you will but just to plant the seed for our guests, I think within you know the next sort of five minutes to, to come in on this dance, this excellent conversation with any thoughts or questions they may have. But before we do that, Mark, any thoughts around that? I'm going to use the word again, listeners. Controversial statement. Money is the root of all evil.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I don't think I can say it any better than than Corey, even going back and quoting scripture and even uh, the individuals that were making those statements and where they were probably at financially. But, um, you know, as far as me, myself, I feel like the world at whole, I guess not obviously everyone, but there's a certain group and dynamic of people that have done very, very well for themselves. These are billion dollar individuals. And, and I don't know them personally, but I am going to make a statement. And I feel like they could do a little bit better. And, you know, there is scripture that, that in Acts 2.42 that talks about a community that shares in everything together. They have everything in common. They share their possessions. And through that, God says that you will see him. You will see love. You will see light. And so I feel like that that's where this new system is going because it isn't necessarily about the individual or the group of people or the hierarchy getting that particular wealth and hoarding it, but the system is designed to give back. And so um, I love that. It's, it's scriptural. I haven't really seen much like that out there in the marketplace and to wrap it around banking in this time, in this era, where we really are seeing a revolution in the industry, um, it's, it's huge. And so what happens when you take a small group of people and you create a, an ecosystem and within that ecosystem, it's giving back to the community, it's giving back to those people within that ecosystem. And it just makes sense. And it, it's going to build from that. And I think it's going to be extremely attractive to people on the small side and on the big side. And so how can we as individuals, as world game changers, how can we help people see uh, the vision and the benefits from that and the value? Um, And then likewise, on the excess, and certainly I believe in us taking care of our household first. I always talk about the oxygen mask in the airplane. We need to secure our families ourselves first financially. Let's take care of that. And then on the overflow, how many other family members, friends, and people around us from that overflow can we help? And I really believe that this platform is is kind of setting the pathway for that.
1: Mm. I want to wrap this particular sort of strand up, and thank you, gentlemen, for coming in on that uh, on that particular element there. But I want to wrap this particular piece up by by offering an alternative to that that cliche, that well worn cliche, money is the root of all evil, and it's encapsulated within eight words: love is a beautiful energy, so is money. Because for me, that's that's where my world squares with money. And it's not always been that way. So that's a relatively recent breakthrough. Because isn't it true, whether we're talking about the old paradigm, the new emerging one, whatever it is, you know, this relationship with money is so important. Martin, you've alluded to it on more than one occasion. So, yeah, I just offer those few words for, for what it's worth to reframe, but just something for us to think about. Um, Gentlemen, any more thoughts? I mean, I've kind of so far, you know, kind of guided around some questions. Just take the gloves off now and let's just dance. Let's just skip the light. Fantastic. And just let's take this all over the place, wherever it may land, wherever it feels right for energetically for us to dance. Mark, Corey, guests, you know, where do we go from here around this? Because it's such a massive, massive topic, isn't it, Money? And with the uncertainty of the, the way the world's unfolding, and in my just my humble opinion, massively for the better. Massively. Any thoughts in where we we'll go from here?
2: If I may, I'll just share a small example of What's actively happening um, within that platform and that ecosystem? I have a, a partner that he has a temp agency, and they enroll. Um, I think it's you know several thousand new people a month, um, but on average, their payroll is about fifteen 000 to twenty thousand people per month, and they currently use. Um, a particular, I won't say the name, but they use a system that essentially gives them a kind of a prepaid card. And they load their um, their wages on that card at the end of the week. And so if you think of that, and I believe the average is about $2,000 per person. We take the smaller side, 15,000 temp employees, um, that's $30 million in payroll for that month. Now in the pl- employee side, the benefits from that is now they're, if they transition into this this new platform, we're able to get those employees, uh, du- we'll able to double their buying power. And again, like I said, it's not one for one all the time. There are what they call like these flash sales that are pretty exciting, but they can extend their dollar, their, their monthly spending on this particular platform. What is that gonna do with those relationships? How are those temps going to respond If they're going to be able to extend those dollars and a lot of these temps that are that are working for these manufacturers, they're just coming into this country. They're just getting their feet wet and they probably have a lot of family um, as well coming over and working. But the warm and fuzzies of, hey, not only am I making this 2000, but I'm able to extend those dollars is going to have a huge emotional effect with that individual working for that company and make them feel like this is the company I want to work for for the rest of my life. They're just going to continue to find ways to give back. Um, So that's one side of it. And then certainly on the business side of it, you know, if you're able to help out a community like that and you're able to get back as a digital bank, as as a digital branch, what else can you do on that overflow with with those funds, with your employees, full-time, part-time, what have you? So that's just one small example um, of what, you know, this platform can do. Um, but there's there's obviously other types of examples I could give, bigger, smaller, with those particular uh, kind of ecosystems. Everybody kind of, uh, what'd you call it, circle basis income, would you call it, Corey?
3: So there's a circular economy, which, which is just a concept of money flowing. And then there's universal basic income, which I've been bullish on. Um, even in, from a founder perspective, for over a year, and there there's hundreds of UBI uh, programs out there. All of them have yielded most amazing data. It reduces mental health issues almost completely. Makes people more productive than less. It makes people embrace creativity, come together as communities. You see just amazing results from what happens when people are, you know, provided monies to live their life. And especially with what, what we're talking about here today, getting money is half of the battle and no one wants a handout, but, but everyone will take a hand up. But when people have money and they need to spend it on anything from diapers to, to gas to whatever, um, if it can go, you know, even, even a third as far or, or, you know, a twice as far, Twice as much that amount of money that you're going to get anyway, whether it was given to you or you worked very hard for it or somewhere in between, Uh, that's that's highly compelling and that's the way communities are strengthened. And when people can kind of get in the middle of that and make you know any type of residual or additional monies from that. And then have that money go further as well. I mean, it, this is that type of thing where it, it does have an amplification and these kind of extra layers to it that can just really strengthen, you know, to, to your verbiage, families and, you know, whether that's parents and kids under a roof or if that's a community of people that, you know, all all work and, and you know, live together, you know, together in a community, whatever that looks like, it's all net positive when these things can happen. And so, you know, full disclosure, I'm here because, Everyone on the call is a friend of mine. And I admire them. But when Mark first told me about this, I got really excited as well. This really fits into a lot of the initiatives that I'm working on. And, you know, through through the lens of this being world game changers, this is the type of thing that can be world game changing, right? To allow people to have access to their own money and to not have to pay fees on it and to be able to act as banks for their community, their employees whatever it might be and to have that buying power go twice as far just by being part of a community you know, you start to look at how all of these things impact individuals and, and groups of population and then all of the good that can come out of it for you know really no downside <laughs> and I think that's where I get excited too is you know people can get involved pretty much for you know just the desire to get involved and if we can help even more of them do that uh particularly since there are you know to to mark's point some opportunities to to monetize this um as individuals and as entities as well so that's kind of my my little spin spin on it and why i'm so stoked on it
1: oh so when we look at certainly Robbins's uh six human needs of psychology model He cites the highest human need, the highest spiritual human need of all is the need for contribution. So I want to kind of metaphorically pin you in the corner, gentlemen, if I may, and say if money was no object, what is the one thing where you would invest infinite amounts of money to make the most impact in the world? And I I think that's a massive question because... Well, you know, not wishing to answer my own question. There are so many, but is, is there one thing that by focusing on that and throwing, you know, and is money the answer? What is that one thing? If indeed money is the answer.
2: I think Corey just hit this and it's it's the creativity of the individual. I think as a as a society, we've been programmed to be in a particular system and do the part four of the system and we've lost our ability to be creative there's so many people that, that if they had the ability to f- just free up themselves financially what else would god put on their heart whatever their their higher power is to be creative whether it's for themselves the community their family extended family how how much more creative can they be to help those in need and so I I think that's the bigger piece, and you know again I kind of talk about that oxygen mask again, you know on a yearly basis. Do we do we really need I don't know. Let's just throw a number out there. Do we need five hundred thousand a year in income? Couldn't couldn't that last several years potentially and live pretty comfortably? Well, if there's excess beyond that, what are we doing to contribute to everybody to get to that point? And so I think when you're able to kind of free someone up from the stress and the burden of being the provider, um, or maybe people are behind on bills and having to be find new ways to uh, exchange hours um, for dollars, and you give them that ability to pay for those expenses and, and that budget, how much more creative can they be for their community, for their family to give back and to contribute?
1: That innate aspect there, Mark, I totally agree with you. You say it kind of aligns with what Corey said, but I'm kind of looking at that more external perspective. If, if, and I'm going to kind of use almost crass verbiage language here. If I could throw money at a problem, because I've heard that so many times, what would that inverted commas problem be? You know, would it be alleviating poverty? Would it be health? You know, what is the the one thing that if we invested in and it was just in a financial, and I say just tongue in cheek, just in a financial. And indeed, that might not be the case. I may be trying to oversimplify it, but I'm deliberately using language that I know a lot, if not the vast majority of the world dances to. How much money can we throw at that problem? Unquote. Corey, any thoughts on that?
3: For me it would be poverty and that's why i'm so focused on generating you know huge revenues for myself and every entity that i'm part of anymore is w- with that amount of just financial capital right that then can end the things like poverty if you have if everybody's got plenty of money i mean uh, it's, uh hunger right If everyone's got plenty of money then you can buy food and you can pay to grow food and you can pay to import food and so as long as you've got money Hunger is not a huge issue. You know, most mental health issues do come from the, the stresses of trying to provide for ourselves and for others or for not knowing where the next, you know, monies were going to come and anything that's not money that people need could, you know, the, the reason they don't have it is they don't have the money for it, whether it's, you know, clothes to wear roof overhead, food in the belly, whatever it might be. So to me, solving the poverty issue and, you know, I'd, I'd argue that even most parts of the world, the middle class is pretty poor, right? And, and the powers that be have really got it to where it's hard to get out of a certain rut or cy- cycle, and right? But but if we were to be able to solve that, I think the, the human life expectancy goes back up to a thousand years because people now have the money. They don't need to worry about what they need to do. Now, what do they want to do? Some of them are going to want to figure out how to, use technologies to cure cancer which ai is finally you know very very close to in in the real world which is incredible or you know do people want to figure out how to go faster than the speed of sound on earth without breaking the sound barrier or go faster than the speed of light uh, outside of our earth's orbit so that we can you know truly become an interplanetary and, and potentially even intergalactic species right like we can focus on all of those because people would be able to focus on them because they wouldn't need to be flipping burgers or, right. Which by the way, the robots are getting really good at flipping burgers. There's a new restaurant now where all the fry cooks and burger flippers are, are robots. And, um, you know, that's a, that's a side, a side step that we don't need to take. But um, I, I think poverty for me would be an especially, you know, almost, that's the only thing that unlimited money can solve. Right. <laughs> because, you know unlimited food can't even solve hunger necessarily because if you don't have the the money to get it to the people that need it or you don't have the money to buy it it doesn't matter how much there is um but so yeah I, i could i could keep going and dancing as you say paul but i think that's my my answer my story i'm sticking to it
1: brilliant thank you mark any external for you the one thing the one what is the one for you mark
2: yeah, I mean, obviously, a savior, number one, uh, for me personally. But um, yeah, you have to have a faith and a belief. But if I had to pin it on something worldly, it would be it would be money. You know, uh, if we can solve solve poverty and have enough money rolling around in a circle to be able to contribute to things that are only going to bring more benefit to the economy, the community, the world, the globe, um, the better. That so that would be my one thing as well.
1: Brilliant. Okay. Okay, gentlemen.
2: Um, any final thoughts? Any
1: any really powerful kind of one minute maximum? I call these the elevator pitches. You know, gentlemen, from the conversations we've had on previous podcasts, I set this scene, listeners. You've heard this so many times before. It's not an elevator pitch for sales, but it's this metaphorical. We've just met in a hotel foyer. We've had a fascinating conversation. We're now going into the lift. And in the time it takes to elevate to the next level, the next floor, I always say, guys, we'll probably never even see each other again. But in 30 seconds, the time it takes that lift to get to the next level, leave me something, something to grab hold of, something to take away that I'll remember. In the context of this title of banking as we knew it is dying. 30 seconds, guys, or a minute. Very short and punchy. Corey, what would that be for you?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I have different sign-offs I usually use, but in this context, I tell people to to research links associated with the podcast to reach out to, to Mark Spanky Reed, Reid R E I D about this card and this ecosystem. It, you know, there's there's more benefit to this than anything I've seen. It really is intended as a win win, and you know, we're looking at different ways that we can help bring. You know anybody that wants to get involved with this, in into it at whatever level, uh, they might want to. So, you know, we're we're getting to the next floor. The doors will open. But I'd say if if, if this conversation resonated with people and they're looking for a potential solution to this problem that's very very real and, and right now, Spanky's your guy.
1: Mark, we had a British comedian um, called Mike Yarwood, and he had to saying, "Follow that." So Mark, I invite you to follow that final
2: words to you, sir. Always tough to follow Corey, but I would say as we're going up every level, I would say, you know what, there's very few opportunities that come along um, to where you can kind of get ahead of something and you just have to decide for yourself and your family if this is something you need to plan for. You know, everybody looks back at the Amazons and the Apples and all that. And maybe there was an opportunity for them to be in the garage of those startups Um, for themselves or for their their family? Would they take time to look into this more, get more educated and prepare a plan? Mm.
1: So there we have it, listeners. What a fascinating, in my humble opinion, what a fascinating dance conversation around something that, you know, to varying degrees, we might just take for granted, this thing called money. But, you know, to quote um, a famous American singer, Bob Dylan, the winds are changed. They are a blowing. They really are. And on that uh, blustery note, thank you for being part of this. Thank you for listening. Raise any comments. And as Corey said, do reach out to Mark Spanky Reed. You won't be disappointed. And I'm not going to take 30 seconds in the lift. I'm literally going to press the button and say, remember, the world's changing. How will you respond?